Grounded is an arts, wellness, and media brand that is rooted in healing through creativity and culture. Create space and time with Grounded and be inspired to lead a well-balanced life. Live your life authentically and freely with Grounded. Hello, beautiful beings. You are now tuning in to the Grounded Podcast, where we share your art, wellness, and lifestyle stories to connect and inspire. We are coming at you today from EPX headquarters in Taguig, Metro Manila. And I'm your host, Bianca Yuzon Hinares. Our next guest is a renowned stylist with a colorful and esteemed career spanning more than 15 years. A game changer in the fashion industry, she is the voice, vision, and driving force behind heritage fashion brand Herman & Co., which pays homage to her Sulu roots and empowers indigenous weaving communities in Mindanao. This proud German Chavacano Taosug Pinay beauty also happens to be a dancer, secretly a really great phone photographer, and makes some of the most delicious cookies ever. <laughs> Whether she's a brand ambassador or a speaker for brands like Uniqlo or Glenfiddich, she remains generous, hardworking, and humble. With a fantastic sense of humor, she oozes creativity and artistry, from the way she hones her craft to even her everyday stories on Instagram. She wears her spirit the same way she does one of her Elena capelets or signature oversized jackets, humbly and regally at once, whether barefoot or in heels. Give it up for Bea Constantino. Hey guys, I I feel like am I is my eulogy? (laughs) That was such a great description of me. Thanks, guys. Well, it's it's all true. Welcome to Grounded Radio. Thanks, thanks for having me. This is your first podcast, right? Ever. It's done, dude. It's done. I know. I know. Go home now. Oh my gosh, yeah. Take that off. Yeah, Bea. Let's take it back to the very beginning. What made you fall in love with fashion? Um, you know, I was never really one of those fashion girls. Wherein like. I had stories of like playing dress up in my mom's closet because um, I grew up with two older brothers. So I never really had fashion moments as a young child. But growing up, actually, I'm originally a dancer. So I was studying ballet, jazz, that whole thing before. In New York, right? Even. Um, well, first here in Steps Dance Studio. And then I went to New York for a year to study dance. And then when I came back here... Um, I kind of like, I feel like a lot of people will be able to relate also because I kind of like didn't know what I wanted to do. I had a degree in psychology, so I really didn't know what I wanted to be yet at the time. Like I didn't even know what my passion was aside from dancing. And then I was kind of like just slacking um, around for a year and I met a friend, Bebeth Timbol. And then she's like, do you like clothes? I was like, uh, yeah, sure. Do you like fashion? I was like, sure. Um, although yun nga, I was never a fashion girl. And then she's like, if you're looking for a job, come tomorrow. Um, so she gave me the address for ABS-CBN Publishing. And then I went because I needed a job. I, it was formalities na lang pala. So I got accepted um, as a fashion assistant for Pink Magazine. So as a fashion assistant, I knew nothing about fashion. I didn't know who the designers were. I didn't even know what um, borrowing clothes was like or basta like I, how shoots went, nothing. But... I always knew what made me fall in love with the fashion, I guess. It's not just fashion per se. I mean, I'm even now, like, you see me, like, I'm always just laid back. It's not just fashion per se. It's more of the creating side of, I guess, what fashion is. So I would just kind of, like, be by myself and, like, you know, I like I liked writing stories, choreographing dances, or even writing songs and stuff like that. So for me, it's even until now, like, as a fashion stylist, I've been doing it for 16 years. It's just something that I like um 
doing because of the creating not just the creative process but the creating part of it like I like to create like conceptualize stuff and that's what I guess still makes me stay in this industry yeah I love it and how was your what was your transition to becoming like a full-time real stylist like oh um so I started in the magazine so my dad had always been an advertising guy I think this is something that we have in common yeah. actually they knew each other from they, the same company from the same company yeah mm-hmm. so um so my dad was always an advertising guy and then ever since he told the three of us like whatever career you're gonna um you're gonna pursue just never get into advertising oh, wow. because i guess he knew the stress and the ego and like the pressure that went with it um my eldest brother's first job was in an advertising agency my second brother got into marketing so it's still kind of like like ad sales kind of stuff and then me now i'm a freelance stylist and i do a lot of advertising work um but before that so i had been doing this for 16 years before that um so yeah i got into the magazine my first salary was eight thousand pesos um i was so proud of that but um so for him um it was a hobby like i was really young at the time so for him it was a hobby na ah, okay you just do your thing like like release whatever creative juices you have and then on the side oh uh, on the side and then like um because you know i was making peanuts right and then maybe after a few years i know parang that's when you'll start finding uh you'll start really like pursuing a career in like banking he always wanted something typical right like ge- their generation they always wanted you to they always wanted you to be a doctor a professional or pursue something in business um i think which is ironic because even like our dads, they were both in the creative field. Arena of right, advertising. But like my dad, just for us, he didn't want us to go through like whatever pressure they went through. I had been in ABS-CBN publishing for maybe like three to four years. Um, and then I moved on to Chalk Magazine. And then after that, I was kind of feeling like, look, you know, I'm just making this much. And um, I mean, I, I really enjoyed my time in the magazine. Like, um, for me, that was my training ground. That was my school. Because again, I mean, I really didn't know anything about fashion. And then after that, an opportunity came for me to style, I think, like a print ad. I just did it. And as I say, the rest is history. You know, I was earning. I was earning, okay. But still, I mean, having spent like a few years in the magazine industry, like I owed my dad like so much money. Because of course, like you're making just exact for your... You're still dependent somehow. Yeah, like exact for your gas to go to the office. And then I had to have food. I had to have nice clothes and food pa and going out and events and stuff. So I would borrow from my dad and he'd just like give me money. But he's like, okay, just pay it back when you can. So of course, when I started making money from rackets or like advertising jobs, I had to kind of slowly pay him back. So I really wasn't making much my first like I don't know seven years and then I kept borrowing from them or I kept saying like oh yeah I wanted to do this or buy this but I don't have enough I need to save up for it and then one day I think it was like if it was maybe it was like five years or six years into being a stylist I came home and Pyron there was an intervention so it was my dad and my mom and they were like they sat me down they were like what's your plan and then I was like, oh, what do you mean? Like, I'm enjoying. And, you know, being a stylist, especially working in advertising, it takes over your life. Like, especially at the time, commercial shoots would last until, like... Long hours. More than 24 hours. Wow. And for me, because I wanted to prove something and I wanted to get more clients and I wanted to make money, I would just, you know, like, accept everything. Like, I barely slept. I missed so many 
reunions and birthdays and weddings and all of that. You know, for me talaga, work was number one. Um, I'll explain later where I get that ethic. discipline. Uh, yeah, that work ethic or like discipline. But, um, and so my dad sat me down and he's like, look, you don't sleep. You're barely home. You're always stressed. You're, um, you're feeling pressured all the time and you have no money to show for it. What's going on? And he, my dad was like, that's it. Starting tomorrow, give me your resume. I'm gonna call Tito blah 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 and Tita ganyan ganyan of this bank or this company and we're gonna give your resume and you know, like you're gonna get a real job. And then what really struck with what really kind of like until now it still sparks some sort of emotion was that he kept saying, Young hobby young etong hobby mo, tigilan mo na yung hobby mo, like you better stop it, blah blah blah. And then for me, I was like, what do you mean hobby? Like I've been doing this for like six years and I've been working so hard to make my name and you're calling it a hobby. Like I've shown you some big paychecks and until now you can't even take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And then, so I was really like crying like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? You know, like I don't know where else I wanna be. And then my mom, my mom is, has always been so supportive. Like, if well now they're both super supportive they're my they i can't complain about that but like my mom like if i told her hey mom i want to be um i want to be like an ant breeder or some <laughs> or an some astronaut or i want to be an astronaut or like you know whatever and my mom would be like you go like, you be the best <laughs> ant breeder like i'll support you all the way that's my mom so at the time when my dad was talking to me i had just shot a cover shoot for a magazine with Rufa Gutierrez. And at the time, wala pa yung mga glam teams, like yung mga request request. It wasn't oh, really, really, wala pa. It wasn't really common yet. Um, so, um, so I styled her for the first time and I guess she liked my work and she told me, na, oh, like, okay ka, ha? like, okay, we'll get you, like, get her number, like, we'll get her for next time. And then, um, I was telling my dad, na I was crying and then he was like, nope, Basta, you're gonna stop this hobby. And then I started crying and I said, like, Dad, just wait. Like, I have a feeling my name's gonna... Parang, I, I'm gonna get you recognized. To yeah, dad, I'm gonna get recognized. Sure. Like, people are gonna know who I am and people are gonna know that I'm good at what I do. Like, just wait. Just give me a few more months. And he was like, I'm not having it. And then my mom said, you know what? Told my dad, you know what? If, I, if our daughter believes in herself so much, then we should also. Because if we don't believe in her, who else is gonna believe in her? So my mom was like, don't listen to him, like, we'll support you for, like, maybe a year pa. And then after that, the Rufa cover came out, Rufa started getting me for jobs, and then other celebrities started getting me for jobs. I got more advertising work, and then that's when I can say really that it's become, like, super full-blown. What a story. I know, sorry, I, I said a lot. <laughs> no, no, wow, that's amazing. I feel like a lot of people don't know that, and a lot of people can relate because... We all have parents who, you know, have an idea of what they feel is best or safe for us. Of course, yeah. And like uh, right now, having a career in the creative industries is still Mm -hmm. a bit like ambiguous to some people. It's like, what are you going to do to support yourself? But Mm -hmm. you're a great example of like a successful (laughs) person. What is your creative process like as a stylist? Let's say you get booked for a job and then they give you like the theme or the look. How do you put your stuff together? Like, do you like what's your process? Um, It's really different. Um, each time but I guess like if you can say like my step one two three so when I get booked for a job depends if it's advertising it's different it's more like meticulous mm. and it's high pressure of course because um, you're working with your work you're part of a team and you're working for you're working on this project that 
involves a huge amount of money, like millions of pesos, right? So you need to deliver, you need to be professional, you need to give what the client wants. For more like fashion-oriented jobs, like let's say a lookbook or a fashion editorial or even like a brand collaboration. So um, I get booked for the job and then I ask, what's the, what's the concept or what's the look? And then, of course, um, I always ask how many looks or what clothes are required because um, so that you can quote properly because you might quote like, oh, like they'll say like, oh, it's only two looks and then you'll quote like a price thinking it's just casual clothes and then yung pala gown so syempre that changes Different. yeah so you need to ask for those details and then of course where is it gonna be used you know it's kind of like business questions and then after that they schedule a meeting i like i like scheduling meetings for just for like picking brains and like brainstorming like um it's something that i enjoy it it's kind of like parang it gets my gets you in the groove yeah creativity like yeah going and then um and then, so yeah, we talk about concepts and then I start sourcing for the clothes. Um, depends if I'm borrowing it or if I am um, buying the clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if they require a fitting, then we fit. But also, um, just for my own individual process. So when I get the concept, I do my research also. Especially if it's like a character look or like or a, a period, period shoot. Yeah, yeah, shoot. Because you need to get um, a lot of the even small things like buttons or like patterns um, correctly just to kind of like I just always to I just always try to come from an authentic place even when I'm doing my job like I don't try to wing it because people will know mm-hmm. so yeah that's more that's my process yeah and I also very important um, since I guess I've been in the industry for a long time so I know most everyone but always be open to collaborate because um, just because I'm the stylist or just because let's say you're the director doesn't mean that you you're the only one who gets to have a say like you also need to be open to listen to other people because for me like every encounter that we have um either brief or seasonal or long like you always you're always there to learn some something from the person and the person can learn also something from you so that's always like how it's like an, it's like an energy exchange so just be open like like sometimes i do have my moments of strong uh, my, my ego is like so strong I'll be like why is this person or this younger like person my... or like this person who doesn't know anything about clothes like questioning or like telling me what to do but then I realize it's just the ego and I'm like no like let me learn something you know I'm, I don't know everything so it's great that you're so open to that have to be yeah where do you draw your inspiration from it really depends on my current space in terms of like visuals I really get inspired by the streets so like, I mean, even here, like even, even whatever area, like I'm always just curious, like watching people walk by, looking at what they're wearing. Cause I feel like everything we wear um, kind of indicates something about us. Like, why are you wearing that for today? Even if it's just sando and shorts, like, okay, so what's your mood? Like, where are you going? Like stuff like that. So I'm always thinking like, I wonder what he does for a living. I wonder where he lives. I wonder like- what kind of people watch. Kind of, yeah. Like I love people watching. That's where I, I, I draw inspiration from. Most especially when I travel, when I go to another country, like let's say Europe, um, I, I, go to, I used to go to Paris a lot and I've never been inside the Louvre. Oh. But like, because I'm not the type of person that I'll do all like touristy stuff. I'll 
I mean, if it's there, it's there. But it's not something that I'll plan. Or you'll look for. Or I'll look for. Okay. But I'm more interested in sitting in a like really cool... Cafe. Quaint cafe and just mm. watching people. Mm. If I meet someone there who's like a local also who tells me like, oh yeah, this neighborhood or tonight there's a there's an indie band playing or there's a show or whatever, then that's more what gives me fire rather than those scheduled tours. Nice. Yeah. So being in the fashion industry is known to have this reputation of being, you know, superficial mm-hmm. and driven on profit and mm-hmm. image. How have you managed to stay authentic and true to yourself? You know, I was having this conversation the other day with um, a, a colleague and I, f- for me, everything is energy. And so for me, I just don't absorb that energy and I don't and because I don't really subscribe rather mm. I don't I don't subscribe to that kind of attitude or thinking or energy and because I don't parang also the people that I come across with are not like that and the people you surround yourself with I guess yeah I mean of course it's a tough industry right like I mean Manila is super small it's a small industry everyone knows everybody because I'm second generation stylist of, of when it comes to stylists so so before me there was one batch like Sina Luis Espiritu Milet Arzaga Jenny Epperson like that generation I feel like they were really like the pioneers of fashion styling in the Philippines and then came me Pam Quinones Liz Uy like that um, and then and so on and so forth and so I feel like since I'm just in the second generation when I entered the industry, parang people were still like new and like didn't know pa. Like there wasn't like a preconceived notion or like mm. or like an old system as to how things went. And so we became all of us became friends. It, the younger generations now, I don't know all of them or most of them, but and 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 I don't know what the industry is like for them, like from their eyes. But I don't think there's any like issues about like being superficial cutthroat i think it's a peaceful industry i mean of course you have your little like pockets of incidents here and there but generally parang everyone's really friendly and and i guess it comes with the territory because our work is visual yes you know i I can't say hey bianca i didn't really do well in styling this client but i'm a nice person you know what i mean so every the 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 um, the way that they gauge your skill is through something that they see, which is a superficial, so to speak, superficial Aspect, um, yeah. output. Mm-hmm. But you'll be surprised. A lot of the people that I work with, they're so deep. A lot of them are into meditation, awareness. Because people think, oh, we're not so smart. But some were former doctors. Some were like former engineers, former flight attendants, uh, pre-med student. You know, it really it doesn't doesn't really say that just because you're in fashion that you know you're not very smart actually you need a lot of brain cells like you need you need a lot of uh, it requires a lot of um, brain work also just to like you know kind of like navigate through the business a lot of decision making too right a lot of decision making yeah so So good to hear that that it's a no like i i I don't know uh, for me that's just how i see it like i haven't really encountered anyone who was like what like Mm -hmm. parang everyone was really nice like we call each other sis like you know, basta, I don't know, for or me at least lang. professional. Yeah, yeah, for me, yeah. like, I haven't really, I've never had any encounter with anyone who was unpleasant. Or maybe if I have, I just tune them out. But so far, wala. In my 16 years, parang wala. That's really great, and that's yeah. a fantastic attitude to have. What are your thoughts on fast fashion? I don't hate it. I feel like maybe also I'm coming from a position wherein that's involved in a lot of the work that I do as a fashion stylist. Um, so I do feel, especially now, 
Because growing up naman, diba? Like, I'm sure also for you, like, we never really had to think about using plastic. You know, right. it's only now lang na parang, because nga, times are changing. aware. Yeah, because climate change is real. And and of course, when you look at the cycle, like the food chain, or like the cycle of of how things um, turn around, it's quite scary. And I feel like this is something that I think about every day, that how can I not contribute any further to this destruction i hope you know there'd be more facilities or accessible facilities wherein you can just dump like huge boxes of clothes and then they can recycle it because for now it's very limited by the options i saw one the other day and i took a screenshot because i wanted to ask how i could do it but um yeah like i mean as i said like i i I have fast fashion items you know i i it's not something that i um have been able to effectively avoid i the brands that i work with um have taken steps to a more sustainable cycle when it comes to their producing. Um, like H&M, Uniqlo. Um, Uniqlo, I think you can donate clothes there and then you get like a certain discount or a gift, um, which I feel like, you know, could be a step already towards a more sustainable consumer's behavior. Where do you see the local fashion industry heading? I'm so happy to see local talents getting recognized abroad or getting jobs abroad because I feel like now they're more the world or the industry at least has been more accepting towards all kinds, right? Unlike before, you had to be like a certain, look. A certain height, mm-hmm. a certain look, a certain hair color or a certain weight, body type. But now, parang it's more inclusive, I guess. Um, so yeah, I feel like the local industry is going global. It's more accessible because of social media and the internet. But also, I see the, the local fashion industry going more towards using local textiles and creating more like heritage pieces because I've been seeing like more designers use local textiles and it's not a Filipiniana. Parang it's more, the, the local textiles are more integrated into the whole ensemble. So, I mean, I feel like that's a good thing. Nice. Like yeah. yourself. So what, <laughs> what's the story, uh, what was the catalyst for you to take the big step from being a stylist to also designing clothes? Okay, first, I am a creative, di- I, I like to call myself the creative director of the brand because I feel like okay. I don't want to be called a designer because I didn't study designing and I super respect designers and their skill. I'm quite kind of shy about that. But um, in terms of, I guess, putting up the clothing line. Um, okay, so three years ago, I went to a friend's wedding in Europe and I went around um, for like almost a month. And then when I came back, usually when I go to, when I take those, um, I used to take those kinds of trips like maybe once a year. So I go around for like three weeks or a month. And being away from work for a month is already long because, um, you know, you lose opportunities. I'm a free, I'm freelance. And then when I came back here, usually towards the end of my trip, I'm already excited to come back and work. Because you spent like so much, right? Like, okay, let's get this money back or like let's start working. But that specific trip, parang I wasn't excited to go back to work. Parang when I came back here, I still was on... In the beginning, akala ko, okay, jet lag. But then after that, parang, uh, parang it's not, parang I'm not recovering Were from not, not wanting to even leave. Well, I felt so uninspired. So like, basta, like parang I didn't want to even see new clothes. I didn't even want to go to the mall to look at clothes. Like, basta. So I said, okay, I think I am um, experiencing a burnout because I it started when I would go to a shoot and before leaving the house, I would cry. 
because I didn't want to go to the shoot. And parang I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so silly. So many people want to get jobs and here you are, like you have a job, but you're crying. Like you don't want to go to the shoot. Like stop being a brat and just, you know, carry on with it. But yun pala, I was getting burnt out na because, you know, like as a freelance um, stylist, you're go, you're, you keep going, 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 going because, you know, you grab at every opportunity because it might not be here tomorrow. Um, and I had been going, 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 going for a long time. Like, as I said, kanina, um, missing so many birthdays, so many weddings because I'm working. And parang now, all of a sudden, I was like, sometimes I come home and I'm like, oh, parang my tummy is really painful. Oh, I forgot to pee. Or like, I forgot to eat. Whoa. Which was, I was like, okay. Um, so I had to press, I, I literally, I felt literally like I was screaming inside. Like, get me out of here. So I decided to take like a mini sabbatical, which was like three months. Like just not do anything. And in the, during that time, parang I had a feeling that na na yeah, like in terms of being a stylist, like I've done all the shoots that I want. I think I've proven myself to the industry. I think, uh, you know, I've made a little name for myself. Like I'm okay with that. What's next? And then I realized that I wanted to do something that had more of an impact. Like, you know, not just like pera-pera, na parang you do a shoot, you mm-hmm. pick, get paid, you go home, forget it, that's it. So, um, but I didn't know what the next step was. So I had to take a moment, three months, of just not even leaving my condo that much. I was just in my apartment, and the whole day I would just watch, I don't know, inspiring videos or just write in my journal. And then anyway, one morning I woke up and I realized, look, I don't think it's random that you've been in this industry at the time for 13 years. And then you also have this colorful heritage of my, my, my ancestors have lived very colorful lives, have left us with such colorful legacy. I don't think it's random. So maybe marry that and do something with it. And since fashion's the only thing that I know um, and that I'm familiar with, so I was like, okay, let's put up a clothing line. But I didn't know where to start. Wala, nothing talaga. And um, it did. Uh, so now the clothing line is doing really well. Thanks to you. Yes, like you, I love it. Like, Bianca's our muse. Not like, <laughs> being biased. It's just there's nothing like this thank out you. there with the edge. and like, Thank you so much. Love it. No, but okay. Bianca's helped us. Like people like you have helped <laughs> us also. Um, and we're so grateful. But um, it, yeah, like the clothing line is doing really well. So I feel like also, I mean maybe i'm giving myself maybe like a year a few more years in the styling world because you know i feel like okay i've kind of done what i wanted to do and i feel like all my years in styling was a stepping stone for this i guess greater purpose because so, i always wanna i always am so proud to be from mindanao more so from zamboanga and sulu mm-hmm. i've always wanted to tell people about it i'm always like sometimes i feel like people get bored with me because i talk so much about it but i'm always like yeah in sulu it's like this and then there da, 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 da. Um, no, we love watching your stories <laughs> of when you go back when i go back home yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like my passion to talk about it because i want i want people to know how beautiful it is and maybe one day people can focus just more on the beauty and not on the, the bad stuff right? right there is bad stuff happening i'm not gonna deny that but um i just choose to focus i choose to focus on the beautiful side, which is the culture, because it's there even if there's war or there's terrorism mm-hmm. happening, culture is still there. So yeah, so I just kind of, it was just really like, um, like a synchronicity of some sort. Na I just woke up, I was like, well, well, these are my ancestors, and this is my bloodline, and this is what I do for a living. How can I 
combine those two worlds. Like you and said, marry it together. Marry, yeah. yeah. And then now here we are. Can you tell you us? wearing? Yeah, I know. <laughs> By the so way, beautiful. this is Herman and Co. Original. <laughs> Thanks. Can you tell us the story behind the brand name Herman and Co? Okay, so um, as you mentioned earlier, I'm part German, and my family came to the Philippines five generations ago during the late. Um, 1800s, like mga around 1866, ganyan. Oh. So my great-great-grandfather, who's from Germany, um, Hermann um, Schuck, um, he got commissioned to do a job. He was a, a ship captain. And he got commissioned to do a job and then he sailed, you know, the typical story. And then he anyway, he traversed the, the Sulawesi seas, meaning like Borneo and like um, parts of Singapore, ganyan. And then anyway, he docked on the uh, he docked on the waters of Sulu and then of course he's super like Caucasian and then the Tausugs had a monarchy so the king was there our sultan the sultan was there and then anyway they became fast friends and he what I really love about this story is that you know it's not the typical it's not not that it's typical it's not the um cliche story of the westerner or like the the Caucasian westerner who came um, into this land and conquered everyone and happily ever after. What my what Herman did was when he docked in Sulu, fell in love with the land. He converted into Islam and then he became Tausug. Wow. Um, yeah, like blonde and blue eyed, like became a Tausug and he married. Um, he remarried and married a Tausug woman, and so that's how our generation started. Your great 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 grandmother. Our great my dalawa lang my great oh, okay. great grandfather. <laughs> wow, no, not thirteen hundreds. No, my great great grandfather. So he, um, he was the right hand man of the Sultan. So that's why. So we became like blood brothers with the monarchy. Um, and so that's why today the monarchy recognizes our our blood compact paren. So when we see them, we're considered family. It's amazing. Um, I, it's truly amazing because we're living in this world like, you know, we're, we're here in BGC, like it's so modern, like, you know, but then you go back and there's like this fairy tale, which so is a reality such a rich also. Story in your that's what I really history. love about being from there is, yeah, that, that kind of story. Now I feel like you know, I hope people don't forget because that's also history. I, I hope people don't um, uh, forget their culture and their history. So, yeah. So, in a way, you're keeping it all alive. Yeah. So, when I was coming up with a name, sorry to answer your question, when I was coming up with a name, I thought about all these, like, native words, you know. But then I was thinking, well, I want the brand to eventually go global. And, um, and then also I was thinking, well, Herman is the reason why we're here. He's the root of our family. So, I was like, okay, let's just call it Herman and Co. Love it. Thanks. So, when working with local tribes and artisans from Mindanao, mm-hmm. what measures do you take to showcase their craftsmanship, but in still uh, in a respectful and cultural way? Oh, that's yeah. foremost in... Their tradition. In the creative process, foremost. Because my family's from there, so I have to... I have to do right by them, right? Like by the community. So for now, we've only used... Um, from Mindanao, we've only used three um, types of weaves yakan from basilan which i purchased from zamboanga we're very transparent about that um and then i use pisyabit which is the traditional tausug textile um i have a lot of insights about that i'll tell you in a bit and then the third one we've kind of experimented with um fabric woven textiles from marawi um okay so pisyabit um the it's this really oh it's what i'm wearing now this yeah, i was about to ask like, is this it um, pattern yeah um, so 
as I said, the Tausog culture, it's very like all about like regal, royal, because we have a monarchy. Um, everyone likes gold and basta like really, really... Um, striking colors. Striking and, and yeah. really ostentatious mm -hmm. um, symbols. And so this textile from back in the day, like again, I think during my great grandfather's generation. So there, the, the Tausogs are warriors by blood. We are warriors by blood. Because um, you know, in a in a in a tribal system, some are like traders, some are, um, I guess, artists. Ganyan. The Tausugs are warriors, so we pride ourselves to this day for being um, matapang and talagang brave. Like, wala kami aatrasan. Like, you don't you don't want to mess with us. That kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. We're really matapang. We're really um, quite feisty. Um, so this textile used to be used by the warriors on their heads to, to symbolize um, courage and nobility. And sometimes around their waist where they hang their weapons, like the kris, yung parang that uh, long knife. Because um, they're warriors. So since it's a symbol of nobility, we don't recommend for it to be used from the waist down. Mm. Although this is not really well communicated not everyone knows this because sometimes i still see other people using it for their shoes or for their pants but um for me i don't naman believe in the call out culture for me just educate na lang then i tell them oh actually sorry uh we actually discourage it from being used Ganyan. Down. yeah because like when you ask the weavers now they'll say na, yeah okay lang do whatever you want with it mm -hmm. I guess um, because you pay for the textile naman. But parang for me kasi I just do extra research. And I feel like since my family is Tausog, I have to respect that. Respect that yeah. na parang ganon. But I mean, to each his own, right? I can't control any everyone. But I just choose to um, always put tradition first before um, current. Because tradition is history. Eh? Like parang why, who are you to say, ay, dapat hindi na ganyan or... You know, unless the chief of the tribe says so. But, I mean, who am I to say, ah, never mind, I'll do it my own way, so. Okay. Yeah. And what are some of the challenges you've faced in running this fair trade business? You know what? Not so much. In the beginning, a lot of, I feel like a lot of startup companies can relate. In the beginning, struggle with finances, of course. Because when I started this, as I said, just woke up one day and said, okay, I'm gonna do this. I didn't really predict that it would grow as fast as it would, as it did, rather. Um, so in the beginning, parang shocks. Okay, I can only afford to buy this much tela, ganyan. But um, aside from that, I guess time, because I'm still a full-time stylist, um, that's it. Like, we haven't oh. really had any, like, overt problems or struggles. Yeah. Well, glad to hear that. I was so, so honored to play Muse to your latest collection. Yes, but forever little, Muse na. <laughs> but little did you know, you're also Muse to us here at Grounded. Oh, wow. For everything you stand for and what you do. Can you share with us what inspired your latest collection, mm. Layag? Layag, which you starred in. Um, so Layag was our collection for Artefino, the recently um, concluded Artefino. And it was our first attempt, not attempt, our first time to join Artefino. It had... We were so scared, like, uh, you know, it, it's the first time that the brand has ventured into something that required a huge inventory. We usually just have, like, limited pieces, but this one we had to make a lot, of course, because Artifino is really big. Um, and so we just, I was just thinking, like, Layag is kind of, Layag means to sail, right? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly how the journey felt, na parang, okay, now 
we've been like doing this. Now it's time to like You're on this set voyage. sail. Yeah. yeah. So parang um and it's kind of like um a collage if I were to like visualize it, like a collage of like the different weaves and designs that, that the best sellers and the new designs also just kind of really like an accumulation of inspiration that that I've experienced um since Herman started. So Parang yeah, just felt like a setting sale kind of moment. I don't know. Oh my days. And how, how can we all connect to our inner muse? Um, I oh, there are days that I feel so fugly. <laughs> Not just like inside and out. You know what I mean? Like it's a Yeah, we all get those. woke up the wrong way. Do you have like a ritual or something? You know, um just to kind of just so I won't be too intense or too anxious. Um, I make sure that I meditate in the morning. Um, a lot of times it helps, there, but there are days na parang I just feel derailed. I um, got into Theta Healing. For those of you who don't know, yeah, for those of you who don't know, Theta Healing is a modality, kind of like Reiki or, or Crystal Healing. It's a modality that accesses your subconscious when you're in the Theta state. It's a meditative state that you need to get into. And in that Theta, because you know, you, you have like Gamma, Beta, mm-hmm. Um, brain waves. When you get into the, th- the theta uh, brain wave, um, it's in the theta state where, where you can access your creator, whoever you believe in, right? And then you can manifest anything, you can visualize anything. And so I had been going through a really low point in 2014 mm-hmm. um, and I just felt so empty and I needed something that could kind of rescue me from that. Little did I know that I had so many issues pala. Um, you know, things happen when you're a child kind of molds you into the adult that you are today. They say, they say the child is the father of the man. Uh, yeah, so I just had to work through those issues. And I, you know, was I I've had a lot of, like, work that I had to do when it came to self-worth. Um, and so, you know, like, parang for me, it was like, shocks, I've been walking around this earth for so long, feeling not worthy of all the good things, of great things, of big things, you know? Um, so that's kind of, like, how I accessed my inner muse, na parang... I was always looking for outside affirmation and love. And like even the relationships that I would get into were always me trying to please the other person or like run after the other person because I felt so not worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but Theta Healing helped me. So they kind of just access your subconscious and just tell you, they tell you what's going on. That you work with a spiritual healer and everything's confidential. They just help you clear beliefs that in that limit you in your present life so that's kind of like how i that's like my tool um every time i feel like a bit out of sorts parang i just do a theta session or i meditate na parang just sit and still and just like and people think that meditation means not thinking about anything no it's not hello like you're always thinking about something it's just sitting still and just let your thoughts just kind of like circle around your head if it gets too like noisy or not then just Focus on your breathing and then bring breathe your, through it. Breathe through it. You know, it's not about not thinking about anything or like spiritual being. It's not like that. I feel like you can't know who you are until you truly listen and like. Yeah, and like who you are. Shut out all the other voices. Exactly. You know, I get a lot of questions regarding like, how do I know what my passion is, or how do I, how do I know what I want to do next? And I always say, just take the time to listen to yourself. We live in such a fast-paced space that you barely get enough time to listen to yourself you know you're always talking to someone you're on social media looking at other people's lives you're always thinking about 
this bill I need to pay oh, for, next, my sir? deadline, yeah. what's next, what do I need to do today, blah, blah, blah. But if you really take the time to be by yourself and listen to what you really want, you'll be amazed at what comes up. You right. know, so I feel like that's so important. Like, me time or you time is so important. Even if you're married, mm-hmm. even if you're a mom. No, um, it's essential. Yeah, like, for parang sure. it's give yourself importance because you deserve it. And you need it. You, you need, need to invest to in yourself. Yeah. Um, funny because I was listening to this podcast yeah. by Jay Shetty and his guest was Marie Forleo. Yeah, okay. I, I'm not sure if you've heard of her, but she's this amazing uh, woman, entrepreneur. She helps people. She has a, bi- a business school. Yeah. And she, she was also one of Nike's first elite dancers really so she was saying like a lot of people ask her how can you tell when something is intuition or it's fear Mm. or how can you tell if let's say you have a situation uh, you've been invited to speak as a guest speaker or you have a date or a talk or something how can you tell if it's right for you if you're like at a crossroads and she said you know we're so out of touch with our bodies but if you actually just like tuned into yourself the answers are all there yeah so she was saying what always works for her, and she says anyone can try this. Because, you know, these days, like, we have desk jobs. We're mm. seated for, like, eight hours or just commuting, stuck in traffic mm-hmm. on EDSA. So, I don't know. You don't really get to move around a lot. But then when you, you, know, you exercise or whatever suits you, take a brisk walk. And then you kind of go quiet, like yeah. you mentioned. And she says, you ask yourself the question. So for example, like, should I like perform at this event? It's like out of the way and like my schedule, whatever. Should I do this? You ask yourself the question and then you write in that instant, notice if your body is contracting mm-hmm. or expanding. Yep. Meaning like, you'll just you'll just notice it. Like, is your chest kind of like, does it feel heavy yep. all of a sudden? Or are you opening up? Are you breathing deeper? Yeah. Or even in like, are your shoulders starting to hunch? And like, yep. you know, that's the protective stance. Yeah. You curl up into a ball. Or are you like open to it? So yep. she said that's one of the ways. And I totally agree. It's like what you said. Like, um... And when I when I go through a theta healing session, like sometimes I'll think of like let's say it was a, an it was an unpleasant childhood memory that Kunyari still hurts me to this day, and then I'm crying or like I'm getting emotional, and then the healer will ask, "Tell me where it hurts." Mm. Sometimes it's here, pala, and parang you'll be like, "What happened so here?" It's specific Yun pala, spots. Parang maybe you were hit there, or maybe you fell when you were mga ganyan. So it's really like. For me, like our bodies tell us so much about ourselves. And for me now, like um, I'm not saying this is for everyone, but just for me, like th- this is just my cognitive process when it comes to when I feel something like, let's say it's a migraine. I always check the chakras. Mm. Um, before I used to be like, okay, I have a migraine. I'll just drink um, paracetamol or ibuprofen. Um, but then now, like, let's say if my head hurts, I'm like, okay, that's the crown chakra. What is wrong? The crown chakra is more for like thinking and wisdom and all of that. What's wrong? Oh yeah, I've been thinking too much about this problem. Or like, let's say, oh, my tummy hurts. Like, why does my stomach hurt? Or like, let's say my, I have an upset stomach and stomach is, um, love and right. abandonment or fear also. And then I realize, oh yeah, parang I'm in a state of fear now because blah, 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 blah. And then. I'll just do my meditation or my theta meditation and clear some whatever or send love to that specific organ. And then mawawala na siya. And it helps you, know. you don't have to like pop a pill or yeah, anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that don't ever pop pills. Yeah. Like I also do, you know, like parang... But it's I, good but to I'm check saying, in like, first. That's my first, ano na parang, what's yeah. wrong? Oh, I've been thinking too much, ganyan, ganyan. Okay, let me drink medicine 
after. But at least I know what's going on inside me. Like, just kind of, like, tuning into myself. Yeah, and that's great because you heal yourself in that yeah. way. So at Grounded, we firmly believe in creativity and the arts mm. as a healing tool. As a Theta healer yourself, do you ever find your healing journey and your career in fashion on a similar plane? I'm sure there are some, but more... I mean, more often, it's just really about being more aware now of energy mm-hmm. and where I want to spend my energy. Or it's just being more like mindful of how you treat people. Right. Um, and also realizing that a lot of it is the ego um, in, such a, in such a visual industry, right? Um, Okay. So yeah, so that's kind of like, in, parang I wouldn't say that they're similar or parallel because I feel like they're so different. But w- what, parang I just want to say like where I've been able to use um, healing and awareness is when it comes to those things, the energy, mindfulness, ganon. And on that note, what are some of the ways you protect your energy? Because you seem to have a very strong and special connection with nature. I noticed like we've done shoots together. Like you like, you know, being barefoot or just going into the forest. Does being in nature (laughs) help you recenter yourself? Of course. I feel like nature is healing. You know, also when we do our also when we do our meditations, we always make sure to ground ourselves. So of course, you know, Mother Nature, Mother Earth. Um there's so much energy there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, of course, definitely. She's the OG healer. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And during days when everything seems to go wrong or you're in a super high-stress environment, how do you center yourself? Like you're on the go, you're traveling. Like remember recently you told me about your oh really gosh. crazy trip to London yes. where like your phone wasn't my f- working. My phone wasn't like, working. The card wasn't accepted. My credit card wasn't... Um, yeah. My, no, not that it wasn't... It was not working because I forgot to call to my bank. To tell them, yeah, that you but were traveling. My credit card wasn't working. My phone wasn't working. Yeah. Um, you were stuck I was at the sick. airport. You I was stuck sick. at the airport. Yeah. yeah. I, I was going to cry. But I always just say, why am I manifesting this? Like, why am I creating this? So when I went to um, the UK, so all of those things happened. And I was like, instead of before, I used to have like a victim... Perspective, yeah, mm. perspective when it came when, when it came to things. Na parang, oh, why is this happening to me? I'm such a good person. I blah, blah, blah. But then I was like, okay, why am I creating this? Bea, relax. Why are you creating this? And when it came to that, I realized that I had been so busy before leaving for the UK, like super busy. Like, oh, I can't wait to disconnect. Like, basta, like, I, I can't wait to sleep on the plane and be away. I can't wait to disconnect. Oh, yun nga, nag-disconnect. <laughs> be careful what you wish for because sometimes you manifest things but it you you forget right. to be specific what kind of disconnect do you want like i i just want quiet time pala oh, dion but um yeah i learned my lesson so i cleared it uh, i cleared i meditated i cleared it na parang, okay universe creator i don't mean literal disconnect and then the next day it was a happy time bea do you have a social media regimen for someone so oh. busy you seem to have the time to answer questions openly and honestly as possible on and, ig and you curate these beautiful stories and how much time do you let it take up in your day? Because at Grounded, uh, we're trying to navigate the healthy relationship and find the balance with social media. I am a mood poster. Like, the same. Yeah, like, parang, if you notice, sometimes I won't post anything for three weeks. We're it, the same. It okay. either means I am super busy mm-hmm. or I'm just uninspired. Like, I have nothing good to post. I mean... My photos, I try to take, I, I try to post nice photos. Of course, you filter it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And you think of nice captions. You cur- curate you, it. You, yeah. yeah, I mean, I try. But also, if I don't have anything that I feel in, I feel 
inspiring to post. Parang I'm not gonna post anything because I, I as I said, parang I I wanted to always be authentic. Na parang I'm not gonna post like I'm laughing and then today <laughs> was great. a tough day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Parang I just I can't live with myself when it, I mean I, I don't I'm not hating on other people mm-hmm. who can do that it's just me personally it's something I cannot do so um, you have to be social media I, I don't space. I don't spend so much time on it I mean when okay. I'm in between um, when I'm in between shoots or shots rather like if I'm in a TVC shoot and the setup time is so long then I'll be on my you know you just browse through your phone um, so I wouldn't say that it's to a toxic level na parang you're just like on it all the time um, but it's great you don't feel pressured to like post something every day no just so you know people are unless like, I have brand collaboration deliverables like mm-hmm. a, a scheduled post um, then of course you have to accommodate that but um, it's I mean it's not like every day but yeah I mean I, 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 I'd like to think that I have a healthy relationship with social media um, I just don't like it when um, people I just don't like it when it gets too toxic or People use it to bash other people or mm. make other people jealous or compete with other people. Or bully people. Yeah, I don't like it. I, yeah. That part, I don't like. Same, but it's funny because Marika and I, yeah. we're super mood posters. Yeah. I think that should be a term now. It's like mood really poster. funny. Like if we, I don't know, if we are in not a great, like are having a bad day, yeah. just won't even Same, yeah. touch our phones. But yeah. okay. Well, sometimes <laughs> I struggle also. Sometimes I'm like, I want to share like that I went through a tough time, blah, blah, blah. But should I share it? Is it sharing too much? Maybe people won't listen. Maybe no one cares. Mga ganyan. I have mga moments like that These also. are all questions we ask, which is so you know we care. <laughs> I feel like. Okay, I'll, I'll share everything. No, I'm just kidding. What's your advice to people who have developed social media anxiety because of all this comparison? You oh. know, Because it's the highlight reel that you see. Right. Everyone's best days, right, like right, or right. food or right. travel. So I don't, I don't know. A lot oh. of people suffer from anxiety now. Girl, I get it sometimes. I mean, I just said I have a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. But once in a while, I do get... Um, I do get that feeling. Na parang konyare. So as I said, I'm freelance, and sometimes I won't get work for like let's say two weeks. It's just a season. Like it happens to everyone. Yeah. So for me, it was just really like that. Also, biggest learning or realization is the opposite of love is fear. It's not hate. It's not indifference. It's actually fear. And sometimes, often, I find myself in a state of fear. Like, oh, what if people are not going to like it? Because I'm in a visual industry. Mm-hmm. What if you know, they don't approve? Ganyan, ganyan. But then I was like, why am I in a state of fear? And then once I realized I'm in a state of fear, I just tried to switch it to a state of love. Na parang, no, they wanted me to, to come here. So they must approve. And they must like, parang ganyan. And then parang the perspective changes. So... Really yeah. loving all this self awareness. I'm not. Uh, no, <laughs> it's. I'm. It's still something that I'm. No, of I'm, course. I'm but trying my best to do. It's not like oh, I have it all no, figured out. No, but the out. fact that you can, you know, but talk just to yourself notes. and yeah. converse with yourself and see what's wrong and what's going right and yeah. how you can move more in the direction of something positive. Yeah, it's great. Thanks. How do you um? Do you have any advice for those looking to pursue a career in fashion? Um be like just make sure that you really want to do it and you're getting into it for the right reasons mm-hmm. i've had a lot of applications for assist or applicants for assistant positions that oh because it's glamorous i love shopping i love clothes it's not enough um you really must have the passion to create um but also being prepared that oh i you need to go through certain things to kind of like um make your mark um I 
before like I I if I think I was there was a time I was someone's assistant and if I had to get coffee for them so be it mm-hmm. I want to be here I don't remember a single time in my career where I had to where wherein I thought ang hirap nito ayoko na like no for me I'm gonna be a stylist if it's hard well I'm gonna be a stylist so it's you know let it be you know so parang for me you have to really make sure that it's from an authentic intention of wanting to create wanting to to help the local industry wanting to make an impact in the local industry because it's not an easy job it's really not it's so not it's so demanding takes your time you really have to commit yeah man like super super have to commit that's really great advice so for those listening who want to get started take note like reflect on that yeah and what's next for Bea Constantino what's next for me I don't know um hoping to expand the clothing line even more to maybe other countries next year I'm hoping to maybe be able to study like a short course on like design or fashion business I'm hoping to um, be able to work more with the community in Sulu. Something that I'm working on now because of the peace conflict. Sometimes it gets a little tricky. Um, and maybe um, be able to start a family soon. It's something that I want. And also to keep on dancing. Yeah. Yes, yes, girl. Well, we <laughs> wish it. you all the best. Thank you. Last but not the least, how do you stay grounded? I always go back to my why. Okay, so last story. In, in, when I was dancing like actively almost two decades ago, 17 years ago, um, there was this dance teacher who um, super hard the class. And I was like, how many? I was a teenager pa then. So I was like, uh, what is this? And then it was so hard, right? I didn't do well in the class. And then at the end, the teacher gathered us in the floor, uh, in the center. And he was like, okay, guys, no matter what you do, um, when you in life, when you feel lost, always go back to the bar, the bar where yes. you do your ballet stuff. Mm-hmm. And parang we were like, what? Ah, okay, whatever. I was too young and too naive, I guess, to understand. But later on, I understood that the bar represented your why. Mm-hmm. The bar, yun pala, what he meant was later on. I think someone was able to ask him like, what did you mean? And he said, the bar. Everyone has to go through the bar. Even if you're the best dancer in the world, you enter a dance studio. You never enter a dance studio and you just start like dancing and doing jumps and stuff. You always start with a bar. The best dancer in the world starts with a bar. You start your warm-up in the bar, your plies and stuff. You stretch. Everything starts there. So every time you feel lost, go back to why you started. So like let's say even with with styling, I've had to do this a couple times. I'm like, oh, it's so, you know, parang it's so stressful. Like this client is, ano, parang nakaka-pressure. And then I'm like, Oh, parang sometimes I question am I still doing the right thing and then I go back to my why like how did I want to start oh I remember seeing like old Teen Vogue magazines from the newsstand before and getting it or Candy magazine and then like reading through it and I'm like oh my god I want you know I want to be there I want to be in the magazine um, industry or ganyan that's why I started that's why I wanted to create that's where the f- I felt the first feeling of wanting to create so when I read you go back to your why you kind of go back to why did you want to start and you find yourself again that's how I kind of like you know center myself again okay oh this is why I did it that's so that's so inspiring and that <laughs> is how you stay grounded I that's how I and stay grounded it's yeah. a great reminder for everyone too because you can yeah. get lost yeah, like, like for you, you said, like, yeah. why do you want to do music? music yeah. I, I also... You know, like, take yourself to the first exactly. time 
that you ever felt that oh apparently I want to do music like I want to sing yeah, yeah exactly that moment yeah even yeah. now I'm just like oh. yeah. 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 so <laughs> thank you God. so Thanks, much guys. for your time Bea. thank you we really appreciate thank it thank you so much and we wish you all the best and thank you care. thank you and I will and be wearing your likewise. clothes <laughs> thank you for our next shoot yeah, yeah.